Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. It was a transformational ride. It was one for the books. Mm -hmm. Like I've never felt so supported Mm -hmm. and so understood and loved. And it was everything that I needed it to be. And I didn't want to show up. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the show. I couldn't be 
more excited to share this woman's energy with you. This is somebody who has completely shifted my life. I get to connect and tap into her energy every Tuesday and Thursday morning at Soul Cycle. She is a master instructor. She is a teacher, a preacher, a soul shifter. She is someone who walks in a room no matter how she is feeling, shows up completely vulnerable and wants us all to connect and learn something beautiful together about ourselves, about our lives, and leave better for it. And this is truly what Gina Myers does for me every single Tuesday and Thursday at SoulCycle during my classes. And I will tell you that she is teaching just about every day to sold out rooms. She's a well-known fitness instructor in the Los Angeles area, a celebrity trainer. She started her career in yoga. And as a spin instructor in Venice, she is a master instructor now at Soul Cycle. She strives to create meaningful connections and believes vulnerability and love are the key to the foundations of a happy life. She offers a safe space for individuals to explore their limits, to challenge their minds and their bodies, and most importantly, walk away feeling accomplished and successful. I can say she does all that and more for me. And off the bike, she enjoys spending quality time with her husband, Brad, her son, Royale, and her two bulldogs. And Gina also was a speaker at the Bliss Project this last year, where she took everyone through a transformational movement experience while she talked with all of us, spoke to all of our souls and really shifted us into a beautiful place. And you guys, I can honestly tell you that having this person in my life is truly something that helps me so much every single week. And we need community. We need our people. We need to connect. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation because I just think that the timing of it all and everything that went down on the day that she came to my house for the podcast was so beautiful. So let's get started. Gina, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for asking me. So I was just saying every piece of me like just needs to say, damn, Gina, how many people say that to you? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Like you're like, I I still smile every time because I try to make people feel better about it. It's great. It's <laughs> fine. It's totally fine. Some people, you know, will say it. And if there's a certain crowd around that doesn't remember the show, yeah, they're like, don't get it. I'm like, how do you not remember? It's like a Fonz reference. Oh my God. I did the Fonz reference and it was like, no, anyone? No. I know every year that goes by, I'm like, wait, there's people like who aren't understanding certain things. Mm. It's crazy. I have, you know, right now I have a younger assistant that we have to like update her on what things are like, oh my God, this was like 10 years before your time. (laughs) That's right. Okay. But she keeps us, you know, young and fresh. That's good. Balance. <laughs> Balance. So yeah, I thought this was going to be all about you today, but this morning you went and flipped that and made it all about me. So we're just going to talk about me. No, I'm just totally kidding. It's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> so you guys, if you don't know, uh, Gina was a speaker at the Bliss Project, but first and foremost, we met through Soul Cycle. Um, and I actually, I took some of your classes when you were in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you remember that. Yes. But I just like put you on this pedestal because I was like, oh my gosh, she's so good. And I literally remember going to some of your classes. And this was how long have you been at Soul Cycle? Oh, seven years. Okay. Yeah. I think this was like five or six years ago, maybe mm-hmm. five or something. And I 
kept on thinking whenever I would hear you talk, I'm like, are we reading the same books? (laughs) I would always say that to Chris. I'd be like, there's this instructor that I swear we're reading the same books because she says exactly what I'm thinking all of the time. Like it's creepy. I think I read your mind. Oh my, I think you read people's minds. I do. It's for sure the truth. I'm standing there and sometimes I just have a feeling that I have to say something and I don't know where it came from. Like I just keep hearing it and I'm like, this is for somebody. Oh my God. Now, how did you get that level of trust though? Because that truly takes trust. And, And that's what I do when I'm speaking. I'm like, why am I? This is so not what I was going with. And all of a sudden I'm talking about something completely opposite. It's just the only way that it works for me. Mm. Otherwise, it doesn't feel authentic. Like I have to completely surrender the minute I walk in and I I don't have anything planned. The only mm. thing that is really planned is the lineup for the songs. I don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to play out. I don't know how they're going to resonate. And I don't know what message is going to come up. I just mm. go. Mm. So... To this day, it's still creepy. I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like I have those digital like words going across my forehead and I'm like, she can see me. She can see my thoughts. <laughs> I see your posts sometimes and I'm like, ooh, we're aligned. <laughs> <laughs> I just always wonder and I hear, you know, as different people, because we go to the, you know, we go to our lockers and they're just like, I needed that so bad today or that's what was coming up for me. I'm like, me too. <laughs> and I'm so grateful because I'm like, if it's not for someone. Yeah. What am I doing? So maybe we should fill people in a little bit more on what Soul Cycle is, even though if you've been listening to this podcast, you pretty much know what Soul Cycle is. So what was it to you when you first started? Like, tell me about your journey. Um, Soul Cycle uh, first came to Los Angeles a little over seven years ago. They they started scouting for instructors, and I was teaching at a little studio in Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was teaching yoga and spinning. Okay, and. Um, one of their instructors came to take my class. And I just, I remember her in the room. Mm. Like there's a room full of people and everyone kind of just like blends in, you know what I mean? And then there's this person. Mm. So there was this person and she was like on the rhythm and she was flipping her hair and it was like this whole <laughs> thing. And after class, she was like, thanks for class. And she just left. I was like, wait, I have to talk to you. Yeah, like She had an energy about her. And uh, the next day I had a message from her on my, was it Facebook? Yeah. I MySpace. think so. Or what, MySpace maybe? I said, <laughs> <laughs> the backgrounds that Let's hope it was Facebook. <laughs> it took like four hours to make like my backdrop. Yeah. And it was glitter and yeah. you can do a song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like my, your whole like wannabe identity was on there. <laughs> Here I go again on my own. Like you click on my page and it would yeah. just like start. Like, <laughs> Your music video. It's totally fine. <laughs> um, so there was an, a message in my inbox from her. She really liked my class that, uh, that this new studio from New York was coming to LA and they wanted um, me to audition. Mm. And I said, no. You did? Why? Were you afraid? Or yeah. Were you, well, yeah. and I had a community already. Like I was happy mm. and things were working for me and I yep. had found my stride. And once you find a community, like once you find people totally. that support you and like count on you and depend on you and they're there every 6.30, like that mm-hmm. was my time slot, 6.30 PM. It just, you, you just don't walk away from that. Right. You, you don't walk away from your community. And I just, I said, no. Mm-hmm. And, but a couple other instructors did audition. Okay. And they called me afterwards and they're like, you have got to audition for this studio. Wow. It's going to be amazing. Okay. And they reached out again. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? We'd love for you to, you know, take a class or 
um, just meet with us and talk. Yeah. And I said, oh, actually I can't. I'm going to be in New York. And they're like, fantastic. We're in New York. (laughs) So I took my first soul cycle class and I was blown away. I was confused. (laughs) Like everyone's first soul cycle class. Why are people confused? Why are we doing push-ups? How yeah. how is everyone on the same foot? Like how is everyone moving together at the same time? Right. How we're, wait, there's a clap? How, <laughs> how I do we, my hands come off the handlebars to clap? Yeah. How are we clapping? Wait, <laughs> hold on. Did she just say, you know, like did yeah. the instructor just say exactly, you know, what I was thinking to myself in the shower this morning? Or mm. you, you know, all of a sudden there's it's like a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm that is like generated and connected through like energy. Mm-hmm. It's just like a womb of like yeah. supportive energy and like transformation. Like everyone's there to do something special mm-hmm. and you can't deny it. You're yeah. in it. Like you're it's on truth. that wave. So mm-hmm. that's that's how it started. I took a class and after class, the instructor's like, come back at noon to audition. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, okay. okay. I said, okay. I so said, then what? You I just get on the bike and you started doing what? Girl, I was like, I don't have any CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I still had a flip phone. Like I still had that razor. Remember totally. that, like the really skinny phone? Girl, I sold cell phones. I totally know. <laughs> okay. So I had the razor and I would not part with my razor. Even though iPhone had come out with a phone, I was like, oh, heck no. no. Look how thin this is. <laughs> um I had to go. So she was like, no, no, no. Just bring um, your iPhone or your, you know, your iPod. I, I yeah. have none of the Apple things. I was came. Okay. I'm so tapes. late. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you play a tape? Yeah. Right. <laughs> a boom box. I brought up my boom box. Um, so I went to the Apple store. That's what, that was where I went. I left yeah. the studio. I went to the Apple store. I bought an iPhone. Wow. And I this down- was a big day for you. It was a huge day. It was an expensive day. Yeah. Life-changing. <laughs> and I bought two songs. I, I bought two songs on iTunes and I showed up with my new iPhone. Yeah. And um, I taught to three people in the room and the, the founder of the company was in the room watching. Oh my God. And she said, can you move to New York? <laughs> What'd you say? No. <laughs> no, but my, California my is no yeah. until it's yes. Yeah. I said, no, you know, I have a dog. Mm-hmm. And that was like my, I have a dog. Yeah, totally. <laughs> She's like, bring her. Like, it's not that kind of dog. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very rooted dog. This It's a bulldog. These yeah. dogs are complicated. Okay? They are. They really they are. They have a lot of issues. And I just can't take yeah. her out of her place. Mm-hmm. So I figured out the dog. She was like, figure it out. Like, let's talk. Go back to LA. Let's stay in touch. And... um yeah, that's what happened. I, I made arrangements for someone to take care of my dog and I packed my bags and I moved to New York. How long was that? Did you move to New York for? How long were you there? Maybe three months, four months. Okay, and then they transferred you back? They tried to keep me. Ah, uh, they did. And mm-hmm. you were like, no, we were soul's thinking not here. Maybe you could. Yeah. Absolutely. I just cried. I, just cried. I was yeah. like, I can't. I just, um, New York is a different vibe. Yes, totally. And I joke like, New York had enough of me, but like I couldn't, I couldn't catch my breath there. Mm. It just moved so quickly. And um, I did find community there, but not what I had here. Yeah. And it was just, it was just, this is, this is my place. My mm-hmm. roots were here. I needed palm trees and sand. I know that water is West. 
in New York. Waters everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so interesting because for that part of your story, there, there's some really powerful stuff right there because you, a lot of people for that opportunity would have number one been like, we'll just make it happen. We're going to do anything. But also like having the like knowing something is great, but also that the environment that you were in was not a place where you could necessarily thrive no matter how great the opportunity was. And I think so often we can forget that follow, like, yes, you have to go do the hard thing, which you did, but also to stand really firm in in making sure that the environment that you are in or creating for yourself is thriving. Absolutely. And that's huge. So you moved back. I moved back, started teaching in West Hollywood. Okay. That was the first studio that we had. Oh my gosh. That drive. Well, <laughs> if you're not in Los Angeles and you do explain. visit Los Angeles. You must explain because like it's it's real. Like I had you, no idea. It's right. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you're not from Los Angeles, come visit mm-hmm. and stay where you want to be. Yep. Because that's where you'll be. Because that's where you're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do the beach, stay by the beach. Yep. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're, I don't... What was it? 45 minutes, 60, 70, 90 minutes? Well, the morning. Well, it depended. So I taught the 6 a.m. and I lived in Santa Monica. So I lived by the beach and I'm moving and then driving. It's not mid-city, but kind of-ish, right? Mid-north. Yeah. Um, it, It didn't take that long, but it was... I, the way that it works for me to create that, which is in the room... To create the room. Right. Totally. I make a playlist right before class. Yep. Every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't repeat a playlist. I don't teach the same class on Monday and Wednesday or Tuesday. I make a new one every time. So yeah. I would have to get up extra early, give myself permission to drive that far. Wow. And then to sit and make a playlist and then start class at 6 a.m. Yep. And then leave, go back to the beach. And then I would teach like a 4.30 and like a 7.30. Oh my gosh. That's a long day. That's like, that's what we call in the waitressing world, working a double. And it's like a nightmare because you're you're never actually off. Oh yeah. yeah. I waited those tables. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> you're never actually off. You're kind no. of just like, this is a fake break, everyone. And you're eating the entire time. <laughs> yes. You're like, it's just one French fry every two minutes. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. And then you get your break for a meal and you're like, I'll have pizza. Yeah. It's that's the only thing I look for. Oh, I also, this was you don't really do this at Soul Cycle, I'm sure, but because of waitressing, you never get a break. I started smoking just to get breaks. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I was 18 and I was like, wait, so you're telling me only the smokers get breaks? And I was like, well, I'm going to start smoking. Like it was literally like, I'm going to start smoking. I did that. Yeah. Really smart move to everyone out there. Please don't do that. But yeah. Well, (laughs) look, I've considered smoking to be able to like go out and just be outside and out. Exactly. Where everyone's talking. Exactly. You know, everyone's going to go out and smoke and be social. And that was a big part of it too, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to smoke. But every single person in the restaurant. I'll just be right here. Again, not a good idea. This is not a podcast that wants people to smoke, but hey, you know, we love you all. So moving on. Yeah. (laughs) 
Left, right, oh, left. Oh, I know. It's the best. We okay. were taking him all over. So you were in West Hollywood. West and Hollywood. And then that just was not working out for you necessarily anymore. So what did you do? Well, I stuck with it because okay. I knew it was temporary. Yeah. Brentwood was coming. It was already on the books. The studio was already under construction. Mm-hmm. And I was just white knuckling for Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Still, and what's so funny is like, I still remember being in West Hollywood, trying to build that community, but still not so rooted in Yeah, because I knew I was leaving. Yes, totally. I've so been there so many times. Right. So I knew the next studio was coming and that was going to be my home studio. Mm. That was even the way they've like phrased it in all the emails and our conversations were like, when Brentwood opens, this will be your home studio. So I was just waiting for home. Yeah. And did it feel that way when it came? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was great. Wow, that's so awesome. And it still feels that way. Yeah, that's so great. And I will I will tell you, you definitely make it feel that way. Um, and everyone's freaking amazing. But there are, I think it's when you go in with the mindset, which is what I want to also share with everyone is it, truly it's what, it's what you're creating. Because there are sometimes I go there, it doesn't feel like home. And it's not, it's never, it's just the, it's the thought process of either the person running it or sometimes that could be me as well. Like, oh, maybe I view this person as home and maybe not. But what I love about SoulCycle is that it truly just with even everything you said, it is going to be whatever experience you choose it to be in that room. It can be a, you know, for some people like a dark hell, if you go into it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Or... But it, it is. You really need to. The number one thing that I've learned from Soul Cycle is like I will literally create whatever I think in here. Absolutely, I can create whatever I think in here. Mm-hmm. So it brings up a lot of. It can bring up a lot of challenges and darkness and fear. And I can, the beautiful thing is I can see it, and it's not necessarily from the room, you guys. This is just from when you drop inside of yourself. Absolutely, and it's. Obviously, not just Soul Cycle, but there is something about being in that room where you are a bit like, hey, yeah, you're working out, but you're also kind of here to work on your shit. And you didn't know it. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> These are your feelings. You have to deal with them. They're feelings. sweating out of your pores. <laughs> you're like, is everybody feeling this way? Yes, yes they, they are. are. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is because it is such close quarters and you are kind of like creating that really intimate experience and you're being led through that experience, whether you know it or not, you Mm -hmm. are (laughs) literally being led down a journey. Mm -hmm. So for you, I know that, yes, this came with SoulCycle as well, but clearly because you created a community, this was something that you did. And I think for many people who listen to this podcast, they either are people who are in this experience right now. Well, we're always in the experience, right? But how... Did you learn to create that experience for people along the way? We worked closely as far as I'm like, how do you mm-hmm. answer that? You know, let me, let me, because I'm sure that. some of it is some, for some people, they do feel a room more than others. Um, but I do think that there's an art to it. There is an art to it. There's a process, right? So you mm-hmm. have, you can't just get to there. Yeah. That happens over time and getting vulnerable. Mm. You have to be willing to show up and be seen and flawed Mm -hmm. and share what's happening in your world and what's happened in your life. And like I show up and I, I mean, I over, I'm an oversharer. Oh, I love it. 
I'm all about it. I'm like, I tell you all my everything, (laughs) everything that I've been through. Do I give you all the details? No, we don't have that much time, but but you go and get the gist of it. Um, I think first you figure out your vibe. Mm -hmm. What kind of instructor do you want to be? Who who do you want to be to these people? Mm Mm-hmm. You can, and you guys, as she's saying, instructor, like, honestly, this is everything. How do you want to show up in the world? What type of person do you want to be? What type of friend? What time, type of leader, speaker, you know, influencer, whatever that looks like? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How how do you want to be seen? Who mm-hmm. who are you bringing? Mm-hmm. Who, are you, who are you? You have mm-hmm. to know yourself. And I think, you know, the craft of it all, like first you learn your music, you learn your vibe, you, you have to do the work on your end to know who you are mm-hmm. and be okay with who you are. Not necessarily mm-hmm. confident. Yeah. Cause, cause that's not real. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Cause I'm still trying to figure out if that's real. Right? Cause I mean, <laughs> that comes and goes. Yeah, it really does. It does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's there. It's not there. Yeah. You're secure. You're insecure. And you just keep acting. You mm-hmm. just keep, yeah. You know, there are days that I show up to the studio and I feel like my personal life, like I am failing mm. and I don't want to show up. What does that look like when you feel like you're failing? It looks like numb. Mm. It feels numb. Mm-hmm. It's like a flat line. Yep. You know, that's mm-hmm. not, I, I run on a, a, my highs are really high. Yeah. And then when it's not, when it's not hitting, mm-hmm. like when it's just not there, it's numb. Mm. It's confusing. And I'll sit in my car and I'll just, look at my computer and I'm just, I have to talk myself into it. Mm. I really do. And I know the minute that I walk in that door and I smell that grapefruit candle burning (laughs) on the front desk, like it's on. Yeah. You have to be on because it's not about you anymore. Mm. When you show up, there are, you know, sometimes 63, 64 people showing up Mm -hmm. and not just like once. Mm-hmm. I teach back to back. So I have 120 something people showing up mm-hmm. and I have to show up. I yeah. can't not show up. Oh my God. I love what you're saying right now because it's literally been just the key for me too. Like you're not, here's the thing, your feelings, they're like waves. They can be, every single wave can be different and this can all happen in the range of the hour before you have to show up for something or the month before or the year before. And I will tell you that the main thing that I hear from people who listen to this podcast is just like, how do you do it when you're scared? Yeah, but I have anxiety. Yeah, but this is, you know, this person's against me or I'm afraid that they're going to make fun of me. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then when you show up, that all disappears because you realize it's, you're not showing up just for you and you are moving forward for other people. Yeah. Um, So when you're, it's like, it goes from that moment of sitting in your car, making it about you and your life and feeling numb, which is by the way, so acknowledged and normal. And I so feel that quite a bit. And then I'm like, you need to show the F up for yourself first by walking in there or doing the thing. And then you remember what it's actually about. Yep. And sometimes, yeah, it does take a shake up, right? Like sometimes in your life, you're probably like, yeah, I'm flatlining because I am not doing anything new or different. Yeah. Have you had that? Oh, yeah. So then I mean, what? I do the same thing okay. every day, right? <laughs> this is, every day. Yeah. I'm, I mean, especially this week. I mean, I'm teaching, I'm teaching Saturday to Friday. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Like every day I'm showing up mm-hmm. and I'm playing music and I'm on the mic and I'm on the bike and yeah. I'm, I don't necessarily know what's expected of me because I don't ever ask. Yeah. I, I can only assume what I think people are looking for. Right. And that can take you a place. Yeah. You know, like I can't, um, maybe I should ask, mm-hmm. but I feel like. I'll tell you, I think the only thing I ever expect of, uh, I think the only thing I ever expect is for like, there's there's not even that word expect and I don't even want to. Yeah, it's like, weird, This is right? just such a fun topic because I think it's like, if we all just showed up truly as 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 us as we possibly could, that's the gift. Like there is no other expectation around that when you know someone is just going to, they are on the path of trying to show up the most them. Because I wouldn't want someone to show up opposite because we feel that. Like it's literally like we actually feel it, you know? So I don't think I'd ask because I wouldn't want that expectation in my head. (laughs) Right. Well, (laughs) I've already made up my mind what I think they want anyway. Exactly. I'm like, that's not what you want. (laughs) I know what you, you want. You think you want that. <laughs> but they want, I think we all want authenticity even when we think we don't. Absolutely. So that's the that's the part that if that's the trail you're blazing, that's why your classes are always so popular is because we're all craving to try to be the most authentic version of ourselves, but we don't know how to do that unless we see someone give themselves permission first. Absolutely. And there are days I show up and I don't really say much mm-hmm. or I just let the music play and we ride and... Those days in particular are days where I just, I can't, um, those are more like the numb days. Yeah. Those are, those are the days where I just, I can't force it. Mm-hmm. It's just where I am. And some of those classes, some of those days are the most powerful because that's really when you get to hear yourself mm. and you get to pay attention to yourself more than you're paying attention to me and what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Like I'm... When people say to me, like, you've changed my life. I'm saying, no, no, no. I've just witnessed you changing your life. Mm -hmm. You did it. You're showing up every day for you. Mm -hmm. I can't make you show up here. I can't say, you need to hear this part. This is the part that's going to change your life. You were ready for it. You were ready for it. It settled. It resonated with you. And you Mm -hmm. took it and you did something with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I was there to witness it. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of you. And keep coming back. Because there's more. Oh my God. How beautiful. And I, I also want to point out like, you know, when you're like, oh, some days I'm quiet and I just let the music and the the people do their thing. It's like, it's also such a beautiful way to look at that. Even when you're quiet, it's like, number one, I think it's so important to experience the diversity of that, even in a class setting. But this is obviously, I just feel like we are using this as, you know, Class equals life. <laughs> it is life. No, Just, it is. It is. It's literally, this is life class with Gina. <laughs> it's making everything in your life a classroom because I use this as, and I try to share this with people as much as possible. Like my workouts are an analogy for my life. And Absolutely. what happens in that room is an analogy for how I'm showing up in my whole life. But what I love is that on those days where you're like, you know what? I need to be more quiet today. Like, the universe, whether it's your playlist or whether it's people in the room feeling their story that day and cheering or wooing or whatever, like it will support you back because it's all just constantly back and forth. It's just a back and forth energetic trade. And when you don't have it, someone else does. Absolutely. You know? And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. There have been times where I've shown up to the studio in tears. Yeah. I mean... Couldn't even get words. Oh. You know that like, yeah. you go to talk and you're like, oh. mm-hmm. and 
And I've asked the room for permission. Mm-hmm. I've I've said it before. It starts. You can see it. I wear my feelings. I just yeah. do. I'm that person. I'm that open. Yeah. And I'll ask, can we just ride my feelings? Yeah. And the room's like, yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. There was um um a day a couple months ago, and I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. Uh, it was in Santa Monica and I showed up to the studio. It was um, right after we did the our second IVF transfer and okay. it, the embryo didn't take. Mm. And I had just gotten the call the day before Ugh. and I had to teach. And I prayed, I guess. And mm-hmm. we were just talking about this mm-hmm. before we uh, came on. But I, I just asked the universe, like, just please let it be a room full of women. Mm. And the entire room was women. Oh my God. It's going to make me cry. (laughs) And when I looked up and I just, and everybody, and I took everyone on my, my journey with me, Mm -hmm. the the IVF, the fertility journey. So that everyone knew, and I felt like everyone was waiting because they knew that the results were coming. Mm -hmm. So they were waiting for me to be like, yes, Mm -hmm. or yes, no, or no. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and they knew when I walked in, mm. like they could just, you can feel it, you know? And I just, I, I asked them permission, like, do you mind if we just ride my feelings? I might not have much to say today. Mm-hmm. And they cheered and it was a transformational ride. It oh. was one for the books. Mm-hmm. Like I've never felt so supported mm-hmm. and so understood and loved. And it was everything that I needed it to be. And I didn't want to show up. Mm showing up and like being vulnerable enough to just ask for their support. I needed it. I think as women, that's so challenging to say, I need support today. Yeah. Can you show up for me? And letting them was probably the most beautiful ride for them. Oh yeah. We all cried. Yeah. we all, It was like, it was so beautiful. Mm. Um, I just, I needed it. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Mm. Wow. Okay. We're just going to stop there. Just kidding. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> we've got like, wow. we've got too much to say right now. Okay. Um something that I love watching is uh the way your husband loves and supports you and the way that you adore him. I do. Um and how funny you guys are. Oh my god, I watch your stories and I'm like <laughs> they're like my secret best friends. <laughs> Truly, you know yeah. those people you're like, "Oh my god, this is like they're exactly like us. This is hilarious. Um, you guys, if you if you don't watch her stories, it's definitely worth watching. <laughs> Just hard um, to watch my husband, really. <laughs> but would you share a little bit about? I know you share it in class, um, but I think it's a really powerful story uh, about your just how you guys met. Would you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, the first time we met, because mm-hmm. I'm a no girl, <laughs> <laughs> like the world is a world of yes, and I'm like no. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. it's yes. Um, so I was living here in Santa Monica and it was right at this point in my life where I had decided to change. Mm. It, it was like, you know, um, if you were- Around the, when was that? How many years ago? Seven years ago. Okay. Seven years ago. I was 30. Okay. And I talked about this at the Bliss Project. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I started my story. Like this, I had to change my life. Mm. I was lying- to myself and everyone. And I had to learn how to love myself. And what did that look like? Like, how were you showing up in your life before that? 
And what were the thought? What was what were the thoughts going on in your head that you were like, I can't live this way anymore? What did that feel like? I was showing up for everyone else. Mm, okay, I wasn't showing up for me. All right, at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend any time alone. Mm. I I was just almost desperate for love and mm. attention and affection and. And I was like giving so much of my energy and my time and my attention away. I had nothing for me. To friends, to work, to... to friends, to work, to... Family. Boyfriends, to, mm. to broken relationships mm. that weren't working, that I was trying to force to work, to... I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, anything that could take me away from myself, I invested in. Mm. Sounds like me at 30. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had always made the promise to myself, like the twenties, my twenties are for me. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my twenties. <laughs> I'm doing what I want uh-huh. and you can't stop me. And I'm confident and I got this. And that. Oh man, I could not keep that up. Mm. I was so tired. Mm. I was so tired and I was so unhappy and I couldn't understand. And I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel understood. You know, I, I had, I had gone through like a really bad breakup and um, I got my own apartment. I was living alone and... Um, Which never helps when you're from already living in that way. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I went from like living in the house and like this whole dream that I created, this big investment that I made emotionally mm. to forcing it for mm-hmm. over a year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like just so uncomfortable. Just... With a boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. The boyfriend, the house, the everything, yeah. everything that went along with it. I mean, just, just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make it work. And I tried to like... You're like, this is working for everyone else. Why what else can I do to make you me? happy? What yeah. else can I do to mm-hmm. make you happy? What else can I do to get your approval? What mm-hmm. else can I do to get you to want to love yeah. me? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And still not feeling loved. Yeah. I'd be like, you don't love me. So when was the switchover that you were like, whoa, this is not me? Or what was the moment of just like, can't do it anymore? I just hit a point where I, it was like, you know, that time, I talk about this sometimes in class, when you're waking up in the morning and you're not fully awake yet, but you're talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. In one of those moments, the voice just said, enough. Mm. this can't be your life. Mm. You won't make it. Yeah. Like you won't make it. Mm. The thoughts I was having were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've thought about it. I thought about, you know, mm-hmm. it, it'll make me cry. Mm-hmm. You know, I went there. Mm-hmm. I would never do it, but right. go there. Mm-hmm. Like how much longer can I do this? Right. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? I need help. Mm-hmm. I realized I needed help. Is that what the voice was like? You need help. You need help. Mm-hmm. You need help. So I picked up the phone and I called um, an old boss mm-hmm. who was like, always like, you're meant for greatness. You don't see how great you are. <laughs> Where's that you're, boss? He's, he's in Beverly Hills. He's amazing. <laughs> um, I was his uh, photo assistant and mm-hmm. I worked for him for a while. And I called him and I said, I need your help. And he's like, finally, what, what can I do? I said, I need you to get me a hotel. Mm. He's like, are you okay? I said, I'm going to be okay. I need you to get me a hotel. And he did. Wow. Because I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. You know, like if you're not 
set up for that? How are you going to do it? I think Mm -hmm. that's like a big thing that holds you back. You're like, I don't have the money to just like walk away from everything. Like, how am I going to make it? Mm -hmm. You have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So I moved into a hotel Mm -hmm. and I started looking for an apartment Mm -hmm. and I moved into this apartment and I started taking walks at the beach with my dog. Mm -hmm. I would take my dog every single day with me to work to teach yoga and spinning. Mm -hmm. And then we would drive down to the pier in the marina and we would go on a walk. Mm -hmm. And I met my husband. (laughs) That was the original question. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. Five minutes later. Yeah. So I was walking my dog on my therapy walks with myself. Yep. Alone. No music. Yeah. No music, no phone, no just what was happening during those walks? How long, like, how long did you walk for? Number one, not time wise, but like, you know, uh, like months or weeks that until you felt like, were you walking on them like, I need a message or were you praying or were you just clearing or what was what were a lot of your walks like? My walks were trying to find joy and enoughness mm. in just being on a walk with my dog. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like just letting this be good enough. Mm-hmm. Like this is better. And this is progress. Mm. And this is quality time. Mm. And that dog, <laughs> I love her. I mean, she saved my life mm. more than once. Mm-hmm. I was responsible to, to her. Yeah. I always had to go home. Everyone's going to get a dog after this. <laughs> you should. You should. You should. Waffles, like, legitimately, I feel the same way. Raffles raved my wife, too. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I would walk and I would breathe and I would just think about how grateful I was that I lived here Mm -hmm. in California Mm -hmm. and how I could take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of focus on how well I was doing for myself. Just reminding myself that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And I just had to be with me to see that I was doing it for myself. Because mm. a lot of like the, the talk that was coming at me before was, you know, you're needy, you're codependent, you're, oh, you're so desperate, you're this, you're all these like things that I, that stuck with me. Mm. And I didn't think that I believed them, but they affected me. Like you can't help but be affected by that. It's mm-hmm. like, you remember warm and fuzzies? Did Mm-mm. you get those in school? Mm-mm. They're like those little fuzzy things with sticker feet. Oh, but uh, now like I my, need some. It was like my favorite thing in school. <laughs> they did this like feelings app, like um, pro- not project, but whatever experience mm-hmm. where they hand you these like cute little fuzzy critters with sticker feet. And some okay. of you out there that are listening are going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and anytime someone said something to you that made you feel warm and fuzzy inside, mm. you would give them Aww. yeah, a warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone said something to you that didn't make you feel that way, you would, you would take one away. Mm. So you could gauge like your like the way that people make you feel and how mm. you make people feel. And it was like, it was really a practice in empathy yeah. and compassion. Yeah. T 
teaching kids about feelings and all that stuff. Right. So, you know, I wasn't getting those warm and fuzzy feelings from all the people I was surrounding myself with, but that was just a reflection of the emptiness I had inside. Mm. So I just decided to like push it all away and just be with myself. Mm. And I cut everybody out of my life. I I cut everyone out of my life. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to my mom in years. Mm. I just saw my dad at Christmas and I hadn't talked to him in, oh my gosh, probably eight years. How did that go going back? Because I I share sort of a tiny bit of a similar story around that with parents. And I had to find it in myself first before I could go back to an environment that maybe wasn't ideal or just something that I believed. So what did you... What had you realized in the time spent alone about what you needed to do or who you needed to be in order to go back? And then what happened when you went back? Well, I, the reason I walked away, I I walked away from my, my mom and dad are not married. So um, they never been married. Mm. I always lived with my mom growing up. And then um, I had the opportunity to move to California and I begged my dad to move to California. Mind you, I'd never spent really much time with my dad at all. Mm -hmm. Before that, I saw him on holidays and occasionally like babysat for his girlfriend's kids. Okay, fun. Mm -hmm. Right? So like, I was like, hey, will you move to California for me Mm. when I was 15? So I stopped talking to my mother. That was, um, she has um, major um, addiction issues Mm. that are tied into shame, Mm. like family shame for some things that have happened in the past. And I mean, we all have those family things. Um, And my dad and I, we didn't have the history. We didn't have like the, that bonding time where we could like trust each other. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't really know me and I didn't really know him, but we were going to live together. And he was, and he was going to be my dad. Yeah. And I was 15. Mm. So that's just, you know, <laughs> that's going to work out great. Yeah. Awesome. That's like <laughs> flourless chocolate cake. It's like, <laughs> how am I going to do this without flour? <laughs> Never tried. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure out this. We'll see. Um, so when my dad and I, when we started living together, it was, it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, at first, like we kind of just treated each other like, friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as time went on, the relationship kind of changed it. There's some like, you know, you want that kind of a good rapport, a good relationship. You want, you want a dad, right? You want your parents. You really do. But when it came to not talking to my dad, it was literally, it was just communication Mm. issue. Mm. Like we, I, my grandmother is on a pedestal. My, my, Dad's mother, mm-hmm. I stayed with her every single weekend of my life. From and was it good? The week I was born. Yes. Okay. She's like kind of your mom. She's the one. Like she's the reason. Yep. She's the the voice that's like, yes, you can. Mm. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna, yes, you can. Every single time. She was the person. Mm. You know, if if um, you were to ask anyone I was growing up with, like what was going to happen to me based on my family, yep. they would be like, oh, well, 
she's going to live in Ohio. She's going to she's going to get pregnant as a teenager mm. and she's probably going to be an alcoholic and a drug user cuz her mom is. Mm. And she's uh, you know, who knows? She might be a nurse. She could end up on food stamps and be a bartender. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like the expectations weren't high. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother was like absolutely not. Mm. This is not your story. This is like not what's going to happen to you. And I spent a long a lot of my life trying to Prove to everybody that I wasn't going to be uh, what they decided I yeah. was going to be mm-hmm. based on my family. Mm-hmm. And um, my grandma always knew. like, And she always set me up for success. Like she always, every weekend, it was like, okay. Guiding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to Barbizon. <laughs> You're going to go to modeling school. <laughs> yes. Yes, I remember that. You could get like these flyers or something. I don't even remember, but I had gone to like a couple of their little events or something yeah. where they where you don't know it, but they're telling everyone they can be a model because they want your or money just for look the like school. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could be a model or just look like one. Yeah, that was like, like their slogan. Let me pay them. Just tell me where to pay. We paid them. <laughs> yeah. We paid them. Yeah. I was Miss Barbazon Cincinnati, two years running. Oh my God, Stop. girl. I just want that on the like in the in your bio. I'm just gonna add that. <laughs> There's so many things that are not in that bio because I'm like, did you put that I was a Barbizon model? Well, we're putting it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Barbizon model, drag race superstar. <laughs> okay, you. I don't want to skip this, but we do need to bring that up. The the drag racing. So okay, back to par- parents because I'm about yeah. to go to the racing. I'm so sorry. Okay, so um, <laughs> when I stopped talking to my my dad, we we, we honestly we just were. Um, I was coming to the defense of my grandmother. There was yeah. like a family argument, mm. and I and we were at dinner, and I was trying what I was trying to do was smooth things over, right? And he very firmly put me in my place and told me to stay in my own lane. Mm. And um, it just it just escalated. Things just mm-hmm. escalated, and because there wasn't that foundation of trust, yeah, it was like cut and run. And I had already not been talking to my mother because of the drugs and alcohol for years. So I was like, you know, yeah, par for course. Like, right. okay, fine. I just don't have parents, mm. but I have a grandma. Mm. What did that do? Because I do think there are many people listening who don't feel like they have anyone. Yeah. Maybe not even a grandma, but I know that maybe she was in your head, but she wasn't necessarily physically with you. No. So what would you tell somebody who's kind of just in that same place right now? Like they don't know. I know there are so many people who just feel like their reality is not matching with who they know they are. And it's like that inner fight. What would you tell somebody who's there right now? Like all I can think of is just even your walks. Like... Mm-hmm. It's a huge, what's happening for that person mm-hmm. when they're in that, that, in that stage is like, um, I use the analogy of the plant that's outgrown the pot mm. where, you know, you're so comfortable in this space. Like it's everything that you've known, mm-hmm. but your roots have now outgrown that. And now your, your growth is stunted mm-hmm. and you're going to start to die. Mm-hmm. Like eventually, if there's not enough room to grow, the leaves fall, it stops. It just completely stops mm-hmm. and it gradually you lose the plant. Leaving that space, that you're in that transition space. Mm-hmm. You haven't found the next pot, yeah. the bigger pot, or you know what I mean? So yes. it's just a huge growth period. And it's 
it's scary mm-hmm. and it's um but it's temporary mm-hmm. it's really temporary and the days seem long mm. and the nights are long but the time is really short mm. the time is really short mm. and just honestly if you can try and flip it in your mindset that this is something that is happening for you mm. not to you mm-hmm. because it's really easy to get into like this happened to me and things do happen to you there are things that will happen to you but it'll be in hindsight that you'll realize because that happened to you mm. something was happening for you in the background mm. it just hasn't come to light yet mm. so i just i just trust where you are trust your intuition trust that voice that you were born with inside of you that knows you better than anyone else you have that voice and it's not the one between your ears. Mm. That's not the voice. It's deeper than that. You have to really spend some time to get away from that voice mm. and go deeper. Mm. It just takes some time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on your walk I'm and you meet walks. your husband. There's a stray dog. <laughs> There's a stray dog. Stray dogs need homes. Mm-hmm. Uh Get your dog. (laughs) Adopt a dog. Um, There's a stray dog and I took my dog off her leash Mm. and put the stray dog on my leash. And I started walking up and down the walk streets at the beach. There's like these little streets where the houses line up toward the beach where you can't drive a car if Mm -hmm. you're not from Los Angeles called the walk streets. And so I'm walking up and down and my dog is still on the sidewalk by the street. And I'm going up and down these. <laughs> Your dog's like, did you find a new dog, mom? <laughs> She's a bulldog. Okay, She's not very right. fast. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And she, she has, the, her voice is like a Wazowski. Yeah. <laughs> like a monster's ink. Yeah. Like Waffles has her. Yeah. And Sugar was like, mom. <laughs> like she had like this like throaty. Totally bulldog. Bulldog yep. voice. Um, so she stayed on her walk. Mm. She knew her walk. She was like, I'm on my walk. And I was looking for like open gates. Mm. Um, and I didn't see any. And I got back to the sidewalk and there's a guy holding on to sugar. <laughs> is this your dog? <laughs> yes, it is. Is this your dog on my leash? Your dog's not on a leash. I, I realized that, but you know, she's not very fast and she won't go into the street. This is a stray dog. I'm looking for the owner. Do you recognize this dog? <laughs> <laughs> and... um he helped me make signs. I took the mm. dog to the local vet to see if it had a chip. We exchanged numbers and um, found the owner. Mm. And I texted him, hey, I found the owner of the dog. Forget about the signs. Thanks for your help. He's like, hey, you want to go out? <laughs> what did you say? No. <laughs> you were mean to me about my dog. <laughs> That's so funny because uh-huh. it's such an LA thing too. Sometimes it's like, put your dog on a leash. It is a thing. It it's like, you don't know if my my child is allergic to your dog. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't, th- I just. You know. Exactly. You don't know if my child likes the color of a brown dog. Okay. Or a white dog. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I said no. And I went on with my life and then SoulCycle came in. I left. I went to New York. I came back. I started teaching at SoulCycle. West Hollywood, Brentwood, Santa Monica. Santa mm. Monica opens and his sister starts taking my class. Mm. Now, mind you, he just disappeared. He's mm. gone. I said, no, he yeah. didn't. There was no fight on. Right. He was like, okay, yeah. that's fine. His sister starts taking my class and she brings her brother to class. 
and he's writing class. He didn't know. No, neither one of us knew. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us knew. I became friends with his sister. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you should really date my brother. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay friends. <laughs> like, well, because I have them, you know, I think like, this is my job. Right. Totally. You know, and... I really respect the experience in the room. I know what happens in there is like right. magic. And yes. if, if it's happened for him, I don't want to ruin it by dating him. Right. Totally. I'm a train wreck. Right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, I'm like, Gina on the mm-hmm. podium. Yeah. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, Wah! my life's a mess. I don't know what I'm doing. It's so crazy to me though, because I'm like, oh my God, it's so crazy that you thought you were a train wreck outside of that. And somehow, sometimes we get those places in our life where we do get to blossom and show who we really are. Mm -hmm. And it just was like, you had, that was your spot of showing who you really were. 100%. And then sometimes life just, the rest of life takes a while to catch up, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It does. And it happens in phases. It can't all happen at once. No. No. That's traumatic. Yeah, it is. That is traumatic. It is. It's like your brain that can't register. It's too much. It's yeah. too much. It's like too much one, change. One pain at a time. Like if mm-hmm. you were able to feel all the things that happen in a car crash, yeah, you would like pass out. Uh-huh. Like you'd go into a coma. Yeah, if, if, if some you, people do. If it's right. too much, yeah, if it's too much. If mm-hmm. you can't process what's happening to you, it's like so something's got to give. Something's got to mm-hmm. give. So cut to he's in class and he finally asked me out. Uh, he asked me to go to a Cirque du Soleil show. Hey, fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, here's what I did. I, I honestly, this is this is what I did. He sent it uh, through Facebook and, and the messenger. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I have uh, two tickets for the Cirque du Soleil show tomorrow. Because I always buy two go? tickets to the circus by myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> he swears he had the tickets and he forgot to invite someone. I don't know. Um, but I sat there and I was like, oh, I really want to go to that show. Yeah. I don't want to go with him. What am I going to talk to him about? I don't know anything about this guy. I'm going to go to the circus with this guy. That's so weird. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right? All of the thoughts. Right. Like what? I made I made it such a big deal in my head. I, mm. I didn't respond to him until like the day of. And I was like, hey, I uh, got this message. So sorry. I was trying to clear my schedule, yeah. but I can't make it happen. Meanwhile, I'm sitting on my couch yeah. eating like garlic bread. Did he go to the circus by himself? He went to the circus by himself. He went by himself. I believe that he went to the okay. circus by himself. <laughs> and his sister talks about it all the time because he called her and was like, I invited Gina to the circus. And she's like, oh my God, what'd she say? And he said, I, should, I mean, she said no. And she goes, oh my God, you're not going to go back to our class, are you? Oh God, what are you going to do? And he's like, yeah, I'm going back to her class. I don't care. That's amazing. He didn't care. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm going back to class. I don't care. So he just kept writing for so a while. So he kept writing for a while. Yeah. And um, I probably, I don't know, about nine months later, something like that, I needed help with my taxes. Hmm. He's an accountant and we had one of these, he had disappeared in class for a while mm-hmm. and he came back and I was like, hey, where have you been? I haven't seen you. And he's like, oh, it's tax season. And I was like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a CPA. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's, what? He's like, I, I do tax. I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant. And I was like, oh, hey, I need your help. Do you yeah. think that you and I could like talk? He's like, for sure. And I said, why don't you come to my evening class next week? I'll buy you a bike. 
Mm-hmm. And we can go to like sugar fish and have sushi and I can like bring my papers and tell you what I think I have going on that I'm going to get arrested for from the FBI. Right. For sure. <laughs> Been there, done that. The IRS <laughs> is coming for me. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know help. what I'm doing, but I think I lied. <laughs> yeah. You don't know if you lied. They almost like... Pit, they you almost like, know. They almost... Tur- if, I feel like they spin you around like seven times and then they're like, figure it out. Can I, can I claim codependent? That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One... <laughs> so you go to Sugarfish and he's like... A vegetarian. He's a vegetarian. So did he just eat the rice off of the rolls? Right. <laughs> because it's a restaurant. For those of you who don't know this place, you can't change anything on the menu. It's like a set menu and mm-hmm. there's not a vegetarian option. So he just sat there sat and helped I you said, with your taxes. I said, why didn't you tell me you were a vegetarian? Yeah. He's like, I figured there would be something for me. I'm like, oh, this is horrible. <laughs> okay. So we didn't even end up talking mm. about taxes. I mean, we did a little bit. But I didn't give him any of my paperwork and we basically had a date and we had like, they needed the table and we're like, let's go to this, you know, bar restaurant across the street and just continue talking. And we Mm. did. And then we had this really awkward hug and we went different directions on the street, but we were parked right next to each other. Mm. So then like we we re-met like, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah. My, that. Yeah. And then um, I sent him a text message and said, Thank you so much, but I didn't talk to you about my taxes. Do you think that we could make time to actually? I really did need to talk to you about yeah. the taxes. He said, Sure. What are you doing tomorrow? Mm. Let's meet at, you know, this restaurant. And we had another date. And that was it. And we kissed. And that was it. Wow. Yeah. I just find it so like sometimes when things are for you, they're just not going to, you're not going to miss them. Like you can try to miss them, but eventually if you are on the path of even asking to figure it out or desiring to figure it out, like you can't miss them. That's why I love that story is if you start to get on the faithful path, like of just trying to figure your life out, you don't even, it doesn't even have to feel like you are like your walks were that version for you. And it's like, we're going to put some awesome stuff on your path. And because I know you haven't been listening for 30 years, this might take a while. So that's okay because this guy's real patient. He is. (laughs) And he's going to come back in two and a half, three years. Yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah. I find even just looking back on my path, I'm like, wow, you really can't miss what's for you. You can't. Some stuff you miss and it's because it wasn't the best idea for you. Yeah. Or even stuff you've told everyone you're going to do and you didn't do it. It's probably because you weren't actually meant to. And it, you know, made you learn so many beautiful lessons. Sometimes things have to be on your terms. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have to be on the universe, Mm -hmm. you know? And someone said to me yesterday, I was talking about surrendering. And she's like, look, you surrender or you get drugged down the street. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Is there something in your life right now that you feel like you are surrendering up? I am always learning. And I'm... I. I pride myself on it. I really, I really do try and learn from everything that happens. And I have done a lot of personal work on triggers and reactions Mm -hmm. and resilience, Mm -hmm. being able to recover quicker. And just because I can do that now, like I have learned how to manage my feelings a little bit better or recover. Yeah. And not make things bigger than they are. Um, like I have to also be patient. Yeah, my surrender is impatience. Okay, because not everyone is on the same learning curve as you. 
Is there something around impatience with people? You don't obviously have to say who they are. People or things that you're desiring in your life or both? I think both. Mm. I feel like there's such a... I don't know if I put it on myself or it's just put on you from the world, Mm -hmm. the urgency to do everything now. Yeah, no. Yeah, I feel that. Mm -hmm. I think it's the world. (laughs) It's the world, right? And Mm -hmm. the time is now. Like Mm -hmm. For sure. The time is now for you to decide that you're going to go for it. But mm-hmm. not doesn't mean throw it all. Yes. It doesn't mean throw all, everything down and run away from everything that you have. Mm-hmm. It just means like, okay, I'm willing to be curious about what that is. Yep. I'm willing to like look around the corner. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm afraid of what's over there, but I don't have to like just walk out the door and turn right. Like I can mm-hmm. stand like a police officer going into like a building mm-hmm. like against the wall by the edge of the door with my hands up and like, yeah, peek around. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. I, I'm like, I, sometimes you need to peek. I, and I, I love that you're saying that because it can be really, especially, I just think social mod, uh, media too, with just, we can pop on social media and someone's doing something new and big and I, and I, an idea that might sound amazing to you or that you had, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, I just can't help but think of what it goes back to what you said in this. That's just so beautiful. It always goes back to the moments of, can this walk be enough? Can this dog be enough? Because while the big, beautiful thing that you want to be doing is freaking awesome, you can really only do one big new thing at once because something's got to give. Yeah. You know, I've had some years that are massive expansion years where, you know, a lot of things can come in at once, but it's not until you're totally ready for that. And even then you can't last long. And mm-hmm. even then you have to go back to when all that is said and done, back to the walks with your dog or whatever that looks like for you, like going in the woods alone or walking around your neighborhood. Can that be enough? Because nothing's going to make the big stuff any better. It no, doesn't. You have to be enough for you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you have to... No matter what your situation is, whether you're single or married or mother or not, what whatever is going on with you, you have to have your own life mm-hmm. and you have to really like spending time with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to, even if you're, you know, comfortable in your relationship, in your life and everything's working, you know, like Brad goes off and he does things on his own. Mm-hmm. He goes off with his guy friends. He goes and does things alone. Last night I went and saw a movie by myself. I had dinner by myself mm-hmm. and it was kind of nice to be with myself. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm good to be around. I like me. Yeah, I like me. I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to like you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You come back to yourself. I think, you know, so much is happening that you lose sight of like having you be mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be alone with yourself for a minute to see if if you are. And if you're not, then there's the work. Mm-hmm. That's the foundation. Everything's built on that. This empire that you're building starts with you. Mm. You're at the base of that. So you have to make sure that you are rooted and grounded and your foundation is strong and you're happy with what it feels like to be you. Mm. Oh my God, you're just, you're bringing me back to just, you know, there were points in my life starting around, well, I don't even know, but it really hit around 30 when I was like, I just started saying, Oh, validation equals attention. And, you know, I feel like the more attention you get, the more possible validation that that could be because I went throughout my life without having that. So it was like I almost had to collect so much of it to realize that that wasn't it. 
because I was like, wait, I have spent years trying to collect it and nothing has changed. In fact, there's almost a deeper void because the hope that you had that it was the, that validation was the thing that would provide the freeness. Mm-hmm. Now the hope is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and now you have the validation and you're still not changed. And it's like, now what? Yeah. So for so many people, when they ask like, you know, how can I skip this part of my journey or what's advice you would give to a 20 something? I'm like, just go do whatever the hell you want right now because it's not going to matter what I tell you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I want to do like some rapid... These aren't complete rapid fire questions, but these are questions I want to get answers to. So let's see if I can get through like five of them. Okay, go. Okay. What is one of the biggest lessons that motherhood has taught you? Hmm. Or one right now that's coming through for you? Life is more fun and much easier if you're willing to play. Mm, That's so awesome. Okay. What has being in a soul cycle room every single day just about taught you? (laughs) (laughs) That there is a lot of love. Mm. There is a lot of love in the world for you. Mm. There's a lot of support and there's a lot of people that believe in you. Why did you start racing cars? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. It was so fun. (laughs) It was so fun. I was, I thought I was so cool. Like, Mm so my first car I bought for myself, I got myself a Mustang. I was Mm. like, I have a fast car. And I was (laughs) bragging to this guy because I thought that it was so cool that I had a fast car. I was like, I love fast cars. And he's like, oh yeah? You like fast cars? And what kind of car do you have? I have a Mustang. I was like 20. Right. It was like my first, like my first loan. Totally. Yes. (laughs) Yep. My first debt. Yep. (laughs) And he's like, you want to drive a real fast car? And I was like, yeah, I want to drive a real oh, fast no, car. Oh, no, that guy. Yeah, that guy. You want to drive a real fast car? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, would you be willing to trade in your car for a faster car? And I was like, how expensive is that car? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's like, it's affordable. I said, for sure. Let's and do you it. did. And what, I, was the, what was that car? A Subaru WRX. Okay. And All-wheel then, drive. And then you started racing it. I bought a, yeah, I bought a stick shift. Didn't know how to drive yeah. stick. Mm-hmm. He drove it off the lot, took me to a parking lot in the valley. And uh, I learned how to drive stick mm-hmm. that day that I bought the car. And he actually, the reason he said that is he had a racing team mm-hmm. and they built race cars. Wow. And he's like, if you get this car, which is an affordable car mm-hmm. and a fast car, because it's already tur- uh, turbocharged. Yep. I can soup it up for you super cheap Mm. and I'll take you to the races and you can be a part of our team. Wow. So what did racing cars teach you? Like the overall lesson in your life? Oh my goodness. Racing cars. I think racing cars for me was like just freedom. Mm. Like I was so... I didn't have anything holding me back. Mm. I was like so... Um, wholeheartedly invested in fun. Like that was one thing I didn't say no to. Mm. Like I heard yes and it was yes. Mm-hmm. And there was like a part of that, like it drove like my adrenaline and my serotonin. It like, mm-hmm. it affected me physically. Mm. And when things like that hit you, when you yeah. get opportunities like that mm-hmm. or something comes your way and it's like, 
it feels right, like trust it. There's yes. freedom in that. There, yeah. And even if it's temporary, it's fun. It's about that little taste that unlocks understanding what that p- could potentially feel or look like in the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. What would it look like if you were free in this relationship? Like, right. <laughs> what would, it's so crazy how the world is like, oh, she wants to feel freedom. She can race cars and she'll understand what this could potentially look like everywhere else. Oh my God. What is something that you are craving more of right now in your life? Something that might be missing. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to figure out and I've never, I say this, I never knew where I was going to end up or what I was going to do. Like, mm. How could I ever know that mm-hmm. I would be where I'm at doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And I feel inside of me that there's something bigger mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure it out. And I know better mm-hmm. than trying to figure it out. I know that I just need to trust and just go with the whole process and mm-hmm. I'm going to end up exactly where I belong. I, just, I know it, mm-hmm. but I can't help this, but this feeling inside that to get it sooner, to understand it. Like, how do I make that happen? I know what I'm meant to do. Mm-hmm. I do. What is that? I'm meant to help people. Mm-hmm. It's my calling. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love watching you help people a little more each day. I love it. I'm watching you say yes to things that expands outside of your normal area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And I know how scary that is. Super. Um, so, and I know that, um, you know, just in a nutshell, I, I'm just sharing like you guys, I watched your journey to the bliss stage when I asked you to speak. <laughs> no, it was so great. Cause I've been on that journey. I go on that journey all it was the time. So scary. I was on it with you though. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? You're yeah. like, Oh my God, how do you do this? I'm like, I'm in it with you. Like <laughs> I'm literally right there. Cause I'm saying yes to things that are scary. So what was overall, what was that experience like for you? The Bliss Project. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you that that literally? I mean, it was like, you know how you hear the boom of a, a firework and then you see. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it was firework. It was mm-hmm. a firework. It was like the lead up to it, like mm-hmm. the lighting of the of the the yeah. wick or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the buildup was so big, mm-hmm. like when it finally opened up, like it was like an awakening inside of my soul, Mm. like in my being, like this is what I'm called to do Mm. to, to a certain extent. Right. Right. Totally get it. Like Mm -hmm. I do it on a small scale every day. Do it on a large scale, but okay. It's a large scale. But all right, I'll let you get away with (laughs) a large scale, but compared to bliss, I mean, there was 500 and or 600 women there. Mm Mm-hmm. And on a daily, yeah, I have a hundred people. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of people. A lot. On five days a week. Yeah. In a very vulnerable way. Okay. Yes. So I did, okay. I did five <laughs> days in yeah. a 10 minute. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was like an explosive right. like firework thing mm-hmm. for me. But it when it's when you're doing things on the daily over and over again, it's not that they lose their luster or you just kind of um, fall into the pattern and you forget how significant it really is. Mm -hmm. Even though I know it's special, we've talked about it. It's magical. Mm -hmm. It's an experience. It's all these things that happen in that space. But to see it on a bigger scale Mm. than what you do on a daily, it's like mind blowing. Mm. It like gave me momentum 
It gave Mm -hmm. me everything that I needed to like say yes more. Oh, that makes me so happy because I know that that was scary to say yes. And I do know, I know the yes you gave me was the same yes I gave um, you this morning when you asked me to ride the podium. You're a goddess. No, how you're like, oh my God, this is so scary. I was like, gotta be shitting me right now. And I'll tell you why it's scary. It wasn't scary for me to ride. I have complete trust in my abilities to ride the bike. And I don't care if I keep, if I'm on the right foot or not. Yeah. I was afraid of having a panic attack and passing out because once in a while, Soul Cycle can flare up my anxiety once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if I'll ever figure it out, but it's not even a thought I'm thinking besides I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out. And then I think of passing out and it makes me sick to think that I could disrupt the class because I never want to take attention away or put attention on me that's unnecessary, like not healthy attention or it takes away from someone's experience. Right. There's got to be some deep stuff I could dig into right there. But 100%. (laughs) I was like, do you want to talk about it? (laughs) You're like, actually, I'm starting a podcast right now. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We're now flipping this to two podcasts. Um, But really, it, it was like, oh my God, I had never said yes to a full ride, like a two minute ride. Sure. Great. I'll get up there. It still made me nervous. But today I was like, you were meant to ask me because you're the only person I would trust enough to ride with. That's why I was like, are you going to be up here for a little while? Just tell me you're going to be up here for a little while. And you're like, I'm going to be right by you. And then when the music started, it was it didn't, it took me five minutes to come down. I was like, I cannot breathe right now. I cannot breathe. And um, I was legitimately freaking out, like tears in my eyes, freaking out. <laughs> I saw you. Oh my God. And I was just like, how did she know to ask me this? Like. It was insane. So anyway, really random, but you did for me. I just was, I couldn't stop thinking how beautifully amazing the universe was. And when you asked me, I was like, oh my God, God has put this woman in my life, not only for me to invite her in and potentially let her see a a vision of something different, but she is in my life every Tuesday and Thursday to bring in visions of like such amazing things that I honestly, I get so much work done in those rooms. You have no idea. It's great. Just ideas and mm-hmm. you you hold that space for me and then you just elevated it today. I was like, you you took me on a breakthrough for sure today. I love that. Massive, massive break. Can I tell you what happened after? Yeah, absolutely. So a girl came up to me right after. This is always what it's about. Like you we legitimately did this, not only for me, but for her. And she was like, I just had to come up and tell you like, it was, I'm so grateful that you rode and you did so great. And I know you were nervous. And I was like, and I was still in that moment of like, no girl, I was, I had a real panic attack up there. I was like, it was real, like where I thought I was going to fall off the bike. And she goes, you did? She goes, you know that I quit riding front row because I was having panic attacks and I went on medication. And I was like, I used to be on medication and I, you know, kept on, I'm like, I work with anxiety through this way and this way. And I'm like, you just have to keep showing up for it and know that you can ride the wave. She starts bawling because she thought she was alone in that experience in there. And I'm like, I stay in the front row and I said, you know what? I give myself permission to stop my legs sometimes. I give myself permission to sit. Mm-hmm. I give myself permission to put down weights because it'll happen a lot during like weight series. That's usually where all the yeah. things come to head is yeah. at that point. Totally. It's when and, the lights come on and you sit up tall. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's insane. That's 
that's it for me. So anyway, she was like bawling and she was like, thank you so much for sharing that. And I was like, thank you, Gina, for just bringing all the shit up. I'm so grateful that you were there for her because I would have never known. No one's ever told me that. Well, no one ever tells us any. No one ever tells us anything. Right. You have no idea what you're doing in that room every day. If you could stop and ask every single person, it would be insanity what you what what happens. Like I planned all of Bliss Project. I saw my opening number to Bliss Project in your class. Like really? Oh yeah, all That's of my incredible, stuff. Incredible, because that was a great opening. All of my stuff and. And Gila starts singing. That's when I started seeing it is because her voice starts. And then I saw you. And then I... Yeah. So all my visions come from Bliss. And the sparkly pants. Yeah. They was... They're amazing. (laughs) They're amazing. Yeah. They're really great. Did that seed get planted there? Sparkly pants. I'm sure. No, for real. Like when I tell you, you can ask Chris every time I get her, I'm like, here's what I'm doing at Bliss. Like when I thought of you speaking there and I went up to you and I'm like, will you speak there? <laughs> like, no, I just saw a vision. I see visions in there and I follow them. Yeah. It's like how you say, I should say this. That's what I follow. And that's why, um, you know, this is what I want you guys to hear on this podcast is the obedience to just like, what is that curiosity? Mm-hmm. What is it? And say yes, because it's either either going to be challenging and it's for you or it's going to be awesome and it's for you or it's going to be both because most things that are really good are both. So you're going to find your passion that way. Mm. You're going to get curious. Things are going to spark interest and you'll peek around and see. Mm -hmm. You'll try and all of a sudden, I'm passionate about this. Mm -hmm. And all the time you're like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Everyone's got all these passions. I'm just doing me. And I love... So I think you are so um, relatable. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that you can possibly be for people because they can meet you wherever they are, um, no matter what part of that journey that you're on. I'm just so beyond grateful for you. And I will tell you that you sharing your journey is is the magic and that you're doing it every day. And that's just going to keep unrolling and expanding for you as I trust it will for anyone on that journey. Um, Is there any last thing that you want to share with people that's coming up? I am just grateful. I'm grateful for this space. I'm grateful that I have a platform in any form, whether mm-hmm. it's big like the Bliss Project or at Soul Cycle or just even one-on-one to like help people. And I'm so grateful that you came into my life. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people listening are grateful that you came into their life. Mm-hmm. 100%. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you. Like legitimately, this is... um this could be a very long podcast. I think it <laughs> I might keep, be. It is long. Yeah. I was like, does she have a heart out? If not, I just went, ran way over that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I just have to tell you truly, like from the bottom of my heart, I'm like every Tuesday, Thursday, I cannot wait because I just know that it will be a space for me to think or feel better or work through something or whatever comes up for me. And I'm just like beyond grateful, but I always end on one last question. Oh, <laughs> It's easy. Okay. It's fine. Just go with whatever your gut says first, for real. Okay. And it's always different with everyone and it's always perfect. You are on an elevator or you're in passing with someone and it's only 30 seconds. Like it's a total stranger and they come up to you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Complete stranger. Complete stranger. I would say take time to get to know yourself. Mm. Take time to trust how you feel mm. because that's what happiness is. It's a feeling. Mm. So when you put yourself in different situations, 
you're going to feel a certain vibration. You're going to feel it physically in your body. Mm-hmm. That physical feeling in your body is an indication. It's a, it's like, it's, um, it's basically like a roadmap mm-hmm. yes. to happiness. Mm. Trust yourself and trust those feelings. Trust, and that's you so have beautiful. to trust those feelings. Mm, Thank you so much, Gina. I'm so grateful for you. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends right now. Like literally right now, go and text them if you know that they need this. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. 
This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. 
kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.